I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Championship Roundtable. I am your host, Jake Jackman, and you can reach us at the show by emailing us at championshiproundtable at gmail.com. I'm Paul Binning, the Exard Robin on Twitter, and my website is exardrobin.blogspot.com. I'm a Bristol City fan. Hi, I'm James Evans, a QPR fan. You can follow me at Jimmy Evans and jimmyevans.blogspot. Hi, I'm Kevin, Kevin Markey, at Leeds United underscore mad. Obviously, Leeds United mad. Thanks so much for joining us today, guys. We'll start making the rounds where each of us have a few minutes to discuss what has been going on at our clubs this week. Paul, we'll begin with you. A disappointing result on Friday. What were your assessments of the game? Um, yeah, it was disappointing, but I think fairly inevitable result. Once nil one, it was appointed. I think that's the worst thing that could possibly happen to us because uh, uh, he's got a bit of a record against us, a bit of a history. Um, and I'll be totally honest, it might sound like a not most loyal thing to do, but the second he was appointed, I actually stuck a tenor on Cardiff to beat us because I just knew it was going to happen. I think before that would have been quite quite good favourites, but um, yeah, they they came out and they they, you know, they they did what Warnock teams do. They pressed high, they were in our faces earlier, didn't let us settle and didn't let us play play our football. They had well organised lines of defence, pretty much had sort of seven back most of the time, and the wide men tucking in as well. And, uh, you know, we just never really settled. We tried to play it out. We got stuck a few times. And I think we really, to be honest, fell into the trap a little bit of trying to play them at their own game. And we're not necessarily best set up for that and best suited. So uh, one of those nights, unfortunately, um, you know, I think we've had a good start. It's not the end of the world. Um, but it's just a bit of a shame it was our local rivals that had to have an inspirational new manager come in three days before we, uh, we play them. Yeah, I'd just like to talk to you about Tammy Abraham now, because obviously he's been making a lot of headlines at club level. He got a couple of goals to the under-21s during the week. Yeah, um, You've seen a lot more of him than I have. Do you think that like now there's going to be expectation on him to perform and that could perhaps hinder his performances? Do you think he's the type of player that can deal with that pressure? He's a natural goal scorer. So I think he's... I mean, John Pemberton, our assistant, played with Ian Wright, and he says he reminds him of Ian Wright, not in build or shape or size, but he's just always in the right place at the right time. He spends a lot of time between the goalposts, all the way down the pitch, if you know what I mean, very central. And we play with wide men who can get in behind the full bats, they've got enough pace to normally, and can cut the ball back for him. And he seems to be very good at arriving in the right spot at the right time. So I think in that sense, that's a bit of a knack, and it's pretty hard for most defenders to defend against. I think what you saw on Friday night, and um, certainly Kevin, I know who's on, what Leeds did against him. They had two big centre-halves who really manhandled him and bullied him out of the game, mostly, for most of the game. And that's what he's got to learn learn to play differently, I think. He, he's a lone striker. He's just 19. He's got to, But he's got to be strong and hold the ball up for us and give us a chance to get the likes of Tomlin and Freeman and 
you know, players like that into play. And, it, you know, it didn't really work on Friday night. And as I said, looking back at Leeds, that, that was exactly the same in that game. We had two, two very strong centre-halves who really played them out of the game. I thought Sol, Sol Bamba was excellent on Friday night. OK, um, moving on to you now, James. Another draw for uh, QPR. Is frustrating a fair word to describe your current feelings? Yeah, sort of. I mean, bored um, is probably <laughs> a bit more accurate. I, you know, I'm having more of a fun time talking to the people of Sydney at the moment. It's, it's I've, what's, what's, I think what my feelings were in terms, in terms, in terms of the game, it was, it, it wasn't the best. Um, and then, um, Shadipo, uh, who's kind of a youth team player, has done quite well this year, came and um, assisted a lovely goal for um, Pavel Swalek, I think is his name. Um, and and, that, and then about five minutes later, uh, Anua was all at sea at right back and uh, McCleary kind of done him and then Williams scored. And then it just kind of settled into kind of the, you know, we had a lot of draws last season and I feel like we're going to do that. We're going to do that again. It's just from kind of obviously going to Loftus Road all the time. The most frustrating thing is a lot of the time the away teams are more entertaining to watch. And that I guess that would be a little bit more easy to stomach if um, if, if QPR won. But they haven't won one at home since either the first or second game of the season. And other than the Fulham win, I don't think we've had a win in eight. Definitely seven potentially eight so it's, it's just a bit drab and so you know at a basic level you want to be entertained when you go and watch a football game and I can't really say that that is happening at the moment. Now he's had his uh, first summer in charge do you think that anything has changed or is it exactly the same as last season because obviously that brings questions about Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank of what exactly he's trying to get across to his players. It's, it's, a, it's a good question. It's difficult to know because it's just kind of the sort of thing that got me thinking. I mean, he's been in charge nearly, getting on for almost a year and I still don't really have that much of a clear idea about our style or style or identity. He likes to play, he likes to have one up front and likes to have Cherry, uh, QPR's number 10, sort of. It's sort of a 4-2-3-1 and that most of the time he tends to stick to that. But I couldn't, I mean, we tend to just boot it to our tall striker if that's Silla or Poulter mostly Poulter and it's you know it's just it's just it's difficult to know and he's got a bit more of his own players there now so you've got to kind of you know I'm not saying I'm not saying that I want him out or times up or anything like that not at all because we're 13th we're fine we haven't spent too much money um but you know I'm start. I, would, I don't want to say I'm starting to have my doubts. It's just, oh, I just want a bit of inspiration. That, that's basically what it is at the moment, and it's lacking. Just quickly on Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank, the club have stood by him through the Telegraph accusations and things. Do you think that was the right decision, and do you think there was nothing there really, and it was just an unwelcome distraction? Oh, absolutely. I think, funnily enough, the best thing about that is that it, maybe it galvanised the team for that miraculous win away at Fulham the first time QPR won at Fulham since 1980 um but kind of all things considered the way that he seems to carry himself and everything most most fans didn't seem to think that he'd done anything wrong and the the club asked for more information from the Telegraph Telegraph weren't forthcoming with it so they've closed they kind of you know they've they've ceased ceased their investigation and rightly so um I just I just hope they kind of kind of push on a bit uh from now and now moving on to you now, Kevin, and Leeds. Uh, a loss against yep. Steve McLaren's derby. 
but a good performance from what I saw. How are you feeling about Leeds at the moment? Um, quite optimistic, really, because um, a bit like Bristol City, really. You knew you knew when the new manager came in at the right time that you were going to have a difficult game, and that's what happened to us on Saturday. Um, first ten minutes, I think we should have really got at, at them like we did in the last 10 minutes, if we did sort of reverse those performances last first and last 10 minutes, I think we would have won the game. But, um, yeah, we won five out of the last seven, so you can't really complain. After the first six games, I thought it was going to be a long, hard season. Conceded 10 goals in those six games. But since the Huddersfield reversal at home, I think uh, Gary Monk had a bit of a wake-up call, really. He sort of went back to his favoured 4-2-3-1 uh, formation. And things started clicking and we started winning games. And he's a great coach. I think you know, we're very lucky to have him at the club. I think he did a great job at Swansea. I thought it was very unlucky to lose his job at Swansea. And I think he's the right man for the for the job at the moment. And he's got a good backroom team in uh, Pep Clotet and uh, James Beattie. Um, so, yeah, I'm fairly confident. I think it's, okay, if he's sort of uh, liking it to a horse race, I think we're just sort of getting into a nice position now. And obviously, there's a good few furlongs to go towards the end of the season. But I think we're jockeying our way to a good position. And if we, we're only four points behind Birmingham in six, which obviously the player positions. If we're in the same position around about Christmas, going into January, uh, I reckon if we get a couple more um, recruits in January, because we we are sort of fairly liked, really. If something happens to Chris Wood, there's no sort of uh, genuine replacement for him. We're missing Liam Bridcut a little bit as well in the middle of the park, but Eunan O'Kane has been a revelation since he joined us from Bournemouth. I think he's been an excellent player. Um, so we have, we're not missing him too much, but I think I'd like to have Bridcut back in there because he is a, a good leader. And, of course, what can you say about Pontus Janssen? He's been, I think he's been the, the signing of the season in the Championship. We've got him on loan from uh, Torino, and he's been amazing ever since that Huddersfield game. He played in the Huddersfield game, but obviously he was finding his feet a little bit. But in the last few games, he's been a colossus for us, really, and he's, he's been amazing. And I think um, there's a, a clause in his contract that if he plays 20 games, then we can sort of buy him for 3.6 million. I think that's going to be a complete steal, really, because he's, he's an amazing player. And um, if, if we... If we lose him between now and um, January, I think we could have a few problems because we sort of uh, released Sol Bamba, who obviously has gone to Cardiff, and we're a bit lightweight in the centre-half uh, department as well. So if we get to January in the same sort of position and just do a couple of recruits um, you know, for the centre-half and the forward positions, and if Pablo Hernandez finds a, a bit of form, um, I reckon we, we're uh, we're looking good for a, a good finish towards the end of the season. Uh, Kevin, Paul, Paul here. I think I agree on Pontus Janssen. I thought I, yeah. mean, I think we might be talking later about the best player we've seen this season, and I was going to name him because I thought for oh excellent yeah for forty two yeah. minutes against us, he was absolutely outstanding. Then he, <laughs> he lost his head a bit, kicked the ball out the ground, broke the referee, <laughs> and was uh, removed yeah. at half time. But I thought he was absolutely yeah, strong and forceful and yeah, quick yeah. on the ground, and yeah, looked really, really. Really, yeah, really strong centre half when we played against you. Well, well, you know when somebody's getting really popular, Paul, because they've obviously started making T-shirts about him now at the, at the club as well. <laughs> He's they've got, got a good this, name for that as well, hasn't he? Yeah, they've got this Terminator sort of T-shirt, and they're calling him the Jansenator. It's, it's, <laughs> it's really, he's, he's getting a massive 
really good cult following that leads at the moment, and hopefully we can keep him fit. Because um, obviously he's a massive player for us at the moment, like you say. When he when he went off at half time, he had a bit of a a tweak, I think, on on his on his leg, and he had to go off really. And everybody mm. started panicking a little bit. But even Liam Cooper did a decent job when he came on. But I think Leeds fans were panicking that he could have been out for a few weeks. So we were relieved to see him play in the next game as well. But we are relying on him a lot to uh, obviously do our defensive duties. And he's, he's been massive for us so far this season. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, just moving on to Newcastle now. Uh, obviously, we got another win, which is good. We've moved into second place into the promotion uh, spot. Alongside Norwich, who are leading the way after Huddersfield lost today, which... I think a lot of people predicted Norwich and Newcastle to be that top two, and it, it's already sort of set itself out in that way. I, I'm not sure if Norwich can really stay there. I might doubt about them, but I think Newcastle, we are really starting to build momentum. And it's more than momentum, it's belief. Like, I, I went into that game yesterday knowing we'd win. I wasn't worried about Brentford at all. They're a very good team. They've got some good players. But I just couldn't see them coming to St. James' Park and, and getting a result. And it turned out that we had the game won in about 20 minutes. And I think that's going to be the case in a lot of home games from now on. I'm going to try not to be too arrogant because I realise I do have to come on and do this every week. And it, it, I could look stupid. But I, I just think we've got a well-balanced squad. We've got a good team. Everyone's playing well. Dwight Gale is now the leading scorer in the league. He, he just keeps scoring goals. He's always in the right place at the right time. And he's full of confidence. At the back, we look well set up. We've got an established back five now. And they don't really look like conceding many goals. Set pieces are still a concern. Uh, we conceded from one again yesterday, but I think that's going to be something that can be worked on. And Benitez is a perfectionist. He knows sort of how to coach these things. And I'm sure that's going to be a problem that's eradicated by Christmas. I wasn't expected to be in the top two at this point in the season. I thought Newcastle were going to take their time and, and, and sort of hover around the sort of fourth to sixth spot until maybe Christmas when it really started getting going. So I'm really positive about the start. And I think it's a better start than the, the last time we were in the championship where we got nearly 100 points. So that is very, very positive for me. I think that I just I just don't think there's an, a, any other team in the division that is as good as us. <laughs> I mean, I'm really starting to get arrogant now. I'm, I'm, I don't <laughs> want to. I don't, like <laughs> I don't want to be, but I'm, I'm sort of looking at it objectively. I think that we have a Premier League squad. I think we are a Premier League team in the Championship. I think that we are going to go back up into the Premier League. And I think once we get there, we'll probably be fine and sort of really progress under Benitez and possibly even get into maybe Europe again. I, I really think it's it's just so, so positive at Newcastle. It's, it's difficult to be negative and I do try and be negative at all points. But yeah, I'm, I'm really happy about how it's going. And I, I think that we are going to finish in that two quite, uh, top two quite comfortably. So Yeah, and I think the rest of us, Jake, I think seeing you and Norwich in the top two, it's pretty ominous. And I think we, uh, we, we, we know already we're probably all chasing playoff spots already, to be honest. <laughs> I'm not so sure on Norwich. I, I have to admit, I've, when when they played against Newcastle, obviously it did take a remarkable comeback to come, uh, to get back into that game. But on the on the uh, on the game itself, we we were had we were the much better team. They sort of scored goals that perhaps they wouldn't have scored again. Sort of the type of goals that you're unfortunate to concede. And I'm, I think they've had quite an easy run at the start of the season. I don't think they've played too many difficult sides. So I think they're one to watch. I think they're the one that could perhaps drop out of that top two rather than Newcastle. But we will see. We will see. Um, I think, uh, yeah, go, going to, on to Newcastle, Jacob, what I think will happen is um, Rafa will get barred by January. He'll get another job in Spain and Newcastle will slowly slip down the, the table. I I no. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I just thought I'd, 
I just wanted to throw a bit of fly on that ointment, that's all. And, uh, you read that, my mind there. I was thinking, please, someone, please, someone, say something. Yeah. It's, too, it's too depressingly accurate. Yeah, I'm just going to say, It was, it was yeah. the last time you were on, James, and you predicted that we would come to QPR and beat you quite convincingly. I, did, I didn't see that happening at all, and it turned out that you were quite right. So. Oh, what was that? Was that when you won 6-0, and it was the worst home defeat for QPR in the league for 94 <laughs> years? <laughs> yeah, 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 that one, yeah, we all remember that one, don't we? Yeah, but um, <laughs> just moving into the topics for today, um, I just want to discuss the appointments of Steve McLaren, Neil Warnock and Steve Bruce in recent weeks, because obviously they're all sort of established British managers that haven't really had a great deal of success um, outside of the Football League. So do you think that appointing managers like these sort of show that clubs are reluctant to take a risk on up-and-coming managers? And if so, why is that? It's quite good that we got you three on because you've all got quite young managers. So it's, I'm excited to hear your views on this. Yeah, I think you know, when I saw the question, I thought I thought exactly that. I think maybe just a little phase last week. You know, I think um, you know Warnock's obviously everyone knows about Warnock. You know what he brings <laughs> you as a club, and kind of have tried the younger coach route with Saltshire and Trollope. Um, you know, and maybe felt they just needed a bit of a different approach to it. I think you look at Lee Johnson, Gary Monk. Uh, Jimmy, Wagner, Gary Rowett, you know, there's a lot of good young managers in this league and I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a trend or a, or a fad to have a more experienced manager per se. I think it may have just been the way those clubs fell in, in that particular, you know, period of time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. And when you reel, uh, reel off those names of the kind of younger managers, um, you're absolutely right. Um, a QPR perspective, very briefly, I think Hasselbank, yes, he is a younger manager, but he also falls into the classic QPR, Tony Fernandez trap of being a bit of a name. Um, mm -hmm. But good good to be seeing him getting given an opportunity. I think with the appointment of, appointment of Bruce, I mean, I think he's got promotion four times. So, you know, and Villa needs someone with his experience, really. I mean, he is of a calibre of a club kind of of that. Of that stature, although his stature is not as big as it used to be. Um, he seems to have kind of enjoyed not being a manager by the looks of it. Um, yeah, he lost, lost a bit of weight. He has, looks, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, we, you know, good for him. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, I mean, similarly, though, I mean, how many, how many good young British managers are there out there? There's not, there isn't that many to choose from. And I think just the pressures are so great in the championship that sometimes a steady hand is often kind of looked at, looked at first. I know some QP, if you read Twitter, some QPR fans would take Warnock back right now in a heartbeat. Uh, I don't know how I feel about that personally, but, um, well, but yeah, that, I, I wonder, yeah, I wonder if there's a dearth. Well, yeah, Rotherham had Warnock in the last season and he did an amazing job keeping them in the league, basically. Yeah. He, uh, he got them really, you know, the way that he plays his football, you know, everybody has got a job to do. And Rotherham did a fantastic job in staying up. And look at them now, they're, they're really struggling at the bottom with Stubbs in charge. So it shows, I think there was something, I think he was, was going to stay on. He got offered to stay on in the role, but there was something with the contract that he didn't like. So he sort of gave it a miss. And Cardiff, obviously, I think Cardiff will be safe now because Warnock, even though he's been at Leeds and we didn't quite get the promotion we thought we'd get under him, he, we know what he ha his, you know his style of football and what he does to keep team. He can keep a team in this division quite easily, really. I think Cardiff will do okay now and probably finish mid table. But um, yeah, um, going back to young manager, yeah, we're very lucky, like I said before, to have Gary Monk. 
I think he, you know, he was touted for the England job himself when he was at Swansea for a while. Um, he's very, uh, uh, he's a confident manager, but he, he doesn't spout on about, you know, he's going to do this or do that. He just gets on with his job, basically. And I think if he's given time by our Maverick owner, then I think he'll he'll be okay. But um, it depends, really. There's, there's a lot of takeover talk at Leeds United at the moment as well. But uh, I'm sure if people just let him get on with his job, he'll, he'll be okay. He's, he's turned the home form around, that's for sure, because we, we were struggling at home to get re- results. But we've done really well in the last few games and I'm expecting us to do well on Tuesday night when we play Wigan and get back on track again. Um, as long as you sort of do well in your home games and pick up the odd sort of victory or draw away from home you soon garnish a few points in these in this league and uh, like I said before we're in a, a fairly um, good position at the moment really 13th is not bad for us um, sort of four points behind the playoffs and you know we're just sort of uh, keeping our uh, uh, noses there really and uh, hopefully it'll continue yeah I guess um I can understand the appointments of Warnock and Bruce I think Aston Villa have a lot of problems so it's going to take more than this season to fix them and he's the right man to do that the, the appointment of McLaren I question and I'm I don't mean to be biased but he left that club after failing to get them promoted he completely ruined he completely ruined their season in the last year because he was too concentrated on the speculation linking him to, to Newcastle and they fell out the playoffs in some in some quite you know bad fashion and that, that wasn't yeah. great and he, he ruined his uh, relationship with the fans and then since then he's gone to Newcastle and showed that he can't manage in the Premier League he can't manage those big characters and he got us relegated and now he's back at Derby I don't understand how he keeps getting chances when there are other managers out there I don't have too many off the top of my head I've been thinking well you say there's not too many English managers but I'm gonna say put um the MK Dons manager, Carl Robertson, is one. I think he's one that's been at MK Dons for a long time and there's limits to what he can achieve there. He got them into the championship and obviously they got relegated again. But I think he's one that could potentially take a job like a Derby. And at Derby, they, they, this season, they could have just used the rest of the season sort of establishing a new manager, getting them in there their style of play across because they've got a good squad. I think the play, they're probably not going to achieve a lot this season purely because of their start. But I think... For the rest of the season, if they'd use that as sort of a, you know, get get a manager settled, and then next season attack that top six. And I just don't don't think McLaren's the right man to do that. I don't know what your thoughts are on on that appointment. It's more that appointment I'm trying to get across than the other two, more so a, a more bad example. But I think the, the appointment of McLaren's the one that really sort of got me a bit. I I th- I, th- I think McLaren did have a golden opportunity, and it was that game against us at the playoffs that ruined it for Dar- for him at Derby. Really, the mm. first time. Um, yeah. But I also I kind of I see him as Obviously, he's had some success, but I see him as more of a coach because QPR have had him as a coach uh, when he was under Redknapp. And that was one one of the only times under Redknapp that we actually played some quite nice looking football. Um, I think he's a great coach, but obviously, I think you may have hit the kind of nail on the head in terms of bigger clubs, bigger egos, bigger personalities and pressure. Maybe he's just not cut out for it. but um, And yeah, and obviously the way he left Derby before wasn't good, but... Maybe they're just hoping, you know, like get the band back together um, from a few years ago. Because mm. I mean, they 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 should have comfortably won that playoff game. We were so lucky in that match. Um, but um, but then you would have thought that Pearson just given more time would have done something at Derby. 
it's, it's it's all very odd yeah. at Derby. I don't understand it at all. I, I think they've been very lazy in their appointment of McLaren. And I think it's probably going to go OK. I think he's probably going to steady the ship, sort of get them into mid-table. But I don't think he's the right man to get them promoted. Well, he did a great job with Ferguson at Manchester United when he was his uh, number two. Um, but like, a, like, like you said previously, I think as a number two, he's not, he's not a bad appointment. But when he's got the reins himself, he sort of uh, falters a little bit. Um, Derby, I mean, obviously they should have had loads of options to look at, really, but they've just gone for a safe pair of hands, really, that somebody that knows the club. And I think that owner at Derby, I think he's even worse than our owner, really. He's, he likes to go down and pick the team, I think, by the sounds of things. And um, he's always in and around the training ground, which is, I, I think, what Nigel Pearson didn't like. Um, he, he was always around everywhere and obviously they fell out a big time over, over certain things by the, by the sounds of things. But I think he would have done a decent job if he'd have been given a, few, a, a bit more time. But uh, he'll probably end up at another club that's faltering soon anyway, Pearson, I should imagine. And uh, he'll probably start a game with somebody else. And just moving on to the second topic I'd like to talk about today, which is um, I'd like to talk about um, which opposition players have impressed you this season, whether it's been against you or in another game that you've seen them in. Uh, we'll start with you, Paul. Well, yeah, so I've already said, obviously, I think Pontus Janssen for Leeds was was very impressive. Um, very strong, commanding at the back. Um, Sol Bamber equally yeah, on Friday, so last night, Friday night, I think, you know, he uh, he tucked our, our man in his pocket most of the game and obviously scored a, scored a crucial goal. But I've, I think there's a division this year. If you look at, you know, look at Newcastle, and we talked about Newcastle and Norwich. You know, there's some really quality players in there, and some big money players and signings. And uh, I mean, a player I've always rated and liked the look of. Um, if I had to mention another one, was, was Matt Ritchie, who played against us obviously uh, earlier in the season and looked well, looked what he is, which I think is a, a good lower level Premier League player playing in the Championship, and was uh, just with, with Gale, just a bit too good for us on the day. I, I hate to say it, but. Uh, Shelby, um, I mean, he was he, he was just strolling around the pitch in that game and just barely put a foot wrong in in that uh, demolishing of QPR. Um, and some and actually, weirdly enough, in the game at, at Fulham, uh, I've, over the last couple of seasons, seen him. Tom Kearney's a very tidy footballer, and he was always whenever I've seen him play, I've always thought he, you know, he he knows what he's doing, and. Um, most recently, actually, um, Gareth McCleary always seems to cause, whenever I watch him play trouble, and he always causes QPR trouble. So uh, McCleary and Kearney, but certainly the best player I've seen this season, annoyingly, is, uh, is, is, is John Joe. And then he scored a wonderful goal as well. Oh, I feel, I feel ill. <laughs> yeah, same question to you, Kev. Well, I'm, I'm dreading to play Newcastle this season. It sounds like we're going to get a real uh, hiding from them, really. Oh, we do a lost, don't worry. It, it's it's going to come <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 there's been, been a few good players, obviously, that have uh, we faced. The, the boy, the Australian guy at uh, Huddersfield, um, Mui, who scored the winning goal, he, he looked quite impressive. Um, he certainly knows how to get stuck in. He should, I think he should have been sent off in the first half because he sort of um, did a two-footed tackle on uh, Britka. But other than that, he sort of ran the show a little bit and he, he, he scored a stunning goal in the second half to win the game. But I think the most impressive per, uh, team that we played, this was early in the season, was Fulham when they came to Ellen Road. And um, the way they were passing the ball around, I thought that... that they're going to be a top six side for definite. And the young boy, Ryan Sessignon, I think he's called, 
16 year old absolutely amazing kid you know he's only 16 uh, mo- most kids should have been tucked in bed by half past nine but he's, he's running around the pitch you know one of the best players on the pitch that night he was absolutely amazing I think he's one he's, I think that Fulham will find it very hard to keep hold of him because I think a lot of clubs will be looking at him now because he's uh, he's got a, the world at his feet really I think he's going to be one for the future and I think he's doing rather well uh, as a 16 year old now really so I think he's been the most impressive player that's so I, I know Fulham gone I've slightly gone downhill a little bit since then, up to Saturday. But uh, I think he's been he's been one of their uh, main players this season. If Fulham Fulham, based on what I've seen of them, if they can get it together, they I could see they they could really push. Mm. Um, they've got I think they've got a decent manager. and They've got a very balanced young squad um, and a good kind of youth system, and they have an idea about the way that they play. And um, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. There's a lot there's a lot of young talent. Uh, yeah, that team. I think it's just they sort of just I don't know if just things like need to just line up for them. And it's me as a QPR fan saying this, so you know. <laughs> I think they're, uh, they're problems defensively, isn't it? I think you know they've got yeah we played them at Craven Cottage earlier last month and very nippy and good going forward, but we took them apart at the back. You know we yeah. scored four goals and they looked they looked shot to pieces back there. And I think they they had, they had that a lot last year and the goals of uh, uh, McCormack and. Uh, Dembele wasn't it saved them a bit yeah and, uh, yeah you know but yeah I think you could see the potential certainly going forward but they're assessing on I agree going forward he was a real threat with us but I think we scored certainly two maybe even three of our goals down his flank where he was you know attacking and maybe not obviously as a young lad not got the defensive discipline that you kind of need at that level I think the thing with Fulham is that they've completely changed their approach because they when they came down they thought they'd buy their way to sort of promotion they thought goals were the way to do it but yeah. they've now realized that that is not the way to do it and i think it's not it's not a coincidence that the teams that ross mccormack plays for don't really get involved <laughs> in the promotion fight i think i think that's i'm very glad we kept away from him but i think they've they've realized that they've completely changed their style and now they're looking like a really really well uh, well balanced team i know when we played them on the opening day they completely deserved their win we ha- hardly had a shot i don't think they they played so well and tom kenny was going to be the player i mentioned who, uh, as who impressed yeah. me because he ran the show and he, he just looks so mature for his age i think he's he got there. ability hasn't he he has ability he can he can sort of score score goals from range he can dictate the play he's definitely the one player on a team that can make the difference uh in terms of getting a playoff spot and i think they're likely to be if they don't get a playoff spot they'll definitely be in the top of the table uh, and yeah, they've, they've really impressed me. I think they're going to do good things this season. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Okay, moving on to player watch now. Um, I just want to talk about who impressed and disappointed in your club's most recent fixture. We'll start with you, Paul. Uh, so I think impressed for me was um, was Lee Tomlin. I think he was the one who was trying to make things happen the most. Um, he he was involved. He was on the ball a lot. Probably could and should have been sent off for a little uh, cheeky headbutt on uh, Ricky Lambert. But um, he was just the one trying to make things happen. But I mean, what Cardiff did so well is he they pressed him back. So he was probably operating 10, 10 15 yards deeper than he he's most effective at. So uh, whilst he was trying hard, he couldn't quite find the final through ball. Um, in terms of disappointment, I guess it would be easy to say Tammy just because he's keep scoring goals and didn't on Friday night. But um, and I think uh, overall, I think a couple, our, our wide players just a bit a bit disappointing on Friday. They didn't really have the intent they usually have. They didn't seem to get on the ball and try and get get on it as, as much as they usually do, and, and struggled against a very well organised Cardiff team. Yeah, Tomlin's goal was incredible. It wasn't <laughs> That's just reminded yeah, me yeah. of that. Yeah, it was a very yeah, good it was goal. a good goal. Yeah, so it, I'm I, glad he's, he's, a, he's a real superstar in this league. I think he's, you know, we talked about players who are that good, and he might not always show against everyone, but he's the key for us to unlock some of these defences, and uh, he's got as, as much talent as anyone around. And moving on to you now, James, talk about uh, who impressed and disappointed in QPR's draw to Reading. Um, he's he's been he's been a bit of a he's been a bit of a hero in the last couple of games. Actually, Alex Smithy's our keeper. Um, he was just just really alert. I mean, I can't remember the last time I've seen a goalie have to run out. He, he won three or four headers, a couple of tackles outside. You know, I think he won tackles that both led to throw throw-ins on either side of the pitch, which just showed how much he was how much he was involved. And I mean, you know, we we've had we had Rob Green for the last few years, and Green was a decent goalie five years ago. Um, <laughs> no, but, okay. oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I mean you might you might disagree, um, but Alex Smithies was um, was fantastic. Um, in terms of who disappointed, it's, it's a funny one actually. Um, it's a couple of our more high profile players. I might be alone on this, but a, a chap called Cherry, our number ten, he seems to get a lot of the plaudits, a lot of praise. And for me, he's just he drifts in and out of games, and he was trying to do tricks and flicks and just like in the wrong place. Uh, and he didn't have he didn't have a very good game. Also, the captain Anua was completely at sea. Um, for for Redden's equaliser, but I'd say Smithy's certainly impressed as he keeps on doing so. And for me, Cherry uh, disappointed. And moving on to Leeds lost to Derby. Uh, who impressed and disappointed for you, Kev? Um, well, Kyle Bartley really was in, probably the most impressive player yesterday. He should have scored just before half time when he hit the woodwork with the header. Um, kept their forwards fairly quiet for the whole game. Um, Pontus Janssen has been getting all the plaudits, obviously, but Bartley's sort of come into his own as well since he, since uh, Janssen came into the side. So uh, he's another lone player that we have from from Swansea. Hopefully we can get him full-time eventually, but he's, he looks a decent centre-back. Um, Pablo Hernandez sort of flatters to deceive a little bit. Um, I don't know if it's because he's, he's used to playing in the Premier League or in the La Liga. Maybe the championship is a bit beneath him because some of his balls, they look amazing, but they don't quite come off, if, if, if you know what I mean. Um, I, I think he'll get there eventually. He's got a great goal against Barnsley in the previous game. Um, he's sort of a, he's a, he's a luxury player, really, but when it, when it comes off, he, he looks absolutely amazing. So hopefully, as, as the season progresses and he realises he's playing in the championship with players that are probably not as good as him, he'll probably come to the fore a little bit. So, yeah, Bartley... Uh, was the main player yesterday and um, they sort of flattered to deceive a little bit but uh, he's getting there and hopefully we'll, he can continue on uh, Tuesday against Wigan 
interested on Pablo Hernandez because I was going to make a very similar comment about uh, a Newcastle player, and he is also Spanish. So it's it, maybe Spanish players can't play in the championship. Maybe we've solved that problem. <laughs> Keep away from the Spaniards. They can't do it. But yeah, I'll t- uh, talk about Newcastle's game now. Uh, the play- I'll start with the player that's disappointed because it's a nice segue. He d- disappointed is a strong word. He played quite well, but he was wasting a lot of chances and he was still pushed off the ball a bit too much. And that is Jose Perez. I thought he was going to be one of the best players in the division this season, purely based on talent he should be. Uh, he's a player that, that Real Madrid and Barcelona are, are keeping tabs on to this day. They're still watching his progress. And he's a player that ha- has been on the fringes of the Spain squad. So I thought the fact that we kept him w- was a huge boost for us because I thought he- he'd come come into his own this season, but that hasn't been the case. He sort of struggled to adapt. And he, he, he it's a bit too physical for him. In the Premier League, he sort of played quite well, but it, he can't really deal with it in the Championship. And I wouldn't be too disappointed if he gets dropped for the next game. But the player that played well has already been talked about today, and that is John Joe Shelby. He was absolutely incredible. He um, just picks passes for fun in this league. Um, they just give him so much time on the ball, and he's so good on it when he's got the time he can just play those long raking balls over the back four he can play Dwight Gale in it and this season he's been given the freedom to roam he's been going onto the wing he's been going back going for, uh, into the penalty area he's just an absolute nuisance I think he's probably the best player in this league um I, I, I'm gonna make that statement I it's think too he's, easy for him isn't it it's, it's too easy it for Shelby so easy for him but yeah I, I expected him not to do that well this season. I thought he wasn't going to apply himself because in the past he's had that sort of bad boy sort of reputation. He's a bit of a sulker. And I thought that this season he wasn't going to do that well. And he started the season on the bench and I thought, oh, he hasn't really applied himself. But it's been the complete opposite. Apparently he came back to training as fit as he's ever been. He's really been applying himself in training. Yeah. Uh, Benitez trusts him a lot. And I think under Benitez, if those two stay together, Shelby's only 24. He could be in the England midfield at the World Cup. I think, I think, Jake, I, I, I think uh, Shelby might uh, go to the Premier League into the January transfer window because he's such a good player. I think somebody will buy him. I'm just chucking I'm, a bit of another fly in the ointment there for you. Is that when Rafa gets the move? Is that when Rafa gets that <laughs> that's, when Rafa, that's when Rafa goes back to Spain, yeah. Does Rafa take him to Spain with him? <laughs> uh, but no, I, I wouldn't be surprised. He's the one player that could perhaps get that move, but I think he's very happy at Newcastle. I think that working under Benitez is very good for his career. And I think if he does stay with us and we do go up, I think he's going to be in that England midfield at the World Cup. If we get there, if we get there, he's going to be in that midfield. Hernandez, uh, Jacob, uh, obviously Rafa's got a strong connection with him as well at Valencia. Uh, There was a bit of a surprise that he didn't sort of take a punt on him uh, this time around as well. But obviously he's got so many options there that he probably is one player that he didn't really need, I suppose. Yeah, I guess that's that's probably true. We did need wingers, but I think he's sort of gone for the the sort of domestic talent like Richie and yeah. the players that are already at the club. But yeah, I think I think going back to Shelby, I think he's going to be in that England midfield at the World Cup. Uh, he's exactly what we're missing at international level because we've got nobody that passes forward, and that's all he does. He's very. I've been so surprised by his sort of development this season and how he's fixed his reputation and the sort of revival that his career's gone on and I'm so impressed I can't I, I'm a very big fan of John Joe Shelby at the moment but as has happened throughout his career that could go wrong at any point so hopefully he keeps it up and we <laughs> go up with him and he does not leave but yeah I'll just move in finally now on some match previews um there's midweek games this, this week so we'll discuss them we'll start with you James QPR 
Oh, I just realised that QPR played Bristol City, so we'll let you two just discuss this, and you can discuss the game and, and give a prediction at the end of it. Oh, almost like it was planned. Um, well, it's the Q, Q, QPR. Um, you know, they're a decent bunch of lads. They try. Sorry, guy, sounds so down, and it's funny because I think we're on pretty much exactly the same points and difference as Leeds, weirdly, um, but. You know, Indeed, yeah. we're capable of scoring a goal. We're capable of a defensive lapse. Um, and Jim, Jimmy's tenure is uh, is us being draw specialists. Hopefully, Abraham continues the slight dip of form and QPR <laughs> can, can nick, nick three points. But, I mean, you know, and, and Cherry was off boil, um, so maybe he'll come back. But actually, if we can get Massimo Luongo, who's away at international duty with Australia... Because um, he was playing really well before he went. If he plays in midfield, he could he could be he could be quite important because he goes under the radar a bit. Yeah, I think I think from my point of view, I'm quite encouraged sitting there listening to the last half an hour. It's been a quite positive outlook for us for Tuesday night. Um, I think from our <laughs> yeah, we, that wasn't we, intended. <laughs> <laughs> we obviously want to bounce back from Friday night. I think um, we went yeah. to QPR on the last day of last season and lost a very tight game one nil. Uh, we're a much better side than we were then, so. If we can take, you know, we'd won four in a row before Friday night. If we can take some of that sort of form in and use our, our we've got a lot of young, pacey players going forward and can use some of that, then hopefully we can uh, very least take a draw. But Lee Johnson doesn't really do draws. I think he's only had four four or five since he's been with us at the start of the year. He does, uh, he does tend to win or lose games. So hopeful for the three points coming back to Bristol. Oh, he can take some of Jimmy's then. Um, <laughs> um, but do, yeah, do you know what, what does... I mean, I'm, I'm going to try and be optimistic and say QPR get one because they need it. But the crowd is... They did this campaign recently called Make Some Noise, the press team, which kind of, you know, kind of went back in their face a little bit. And if Bristol get an early goal and get, and get on QPR, the, the crowd could turn a little bit. I think if Bristol do get something, you know, or get a win, the pressure will be building on Jimmy. Mm. I think QPR is one of his ground as an away fan. It's a really, you know, it's a nice old tight ground. And noise does really rattle around, doesn't it, when the away teams get going. And uh, yeah, I think we should have a good crowd there, hopefully, with the form we've been in. Yeah, definitely. No, no, looking look, looking forward to it. I love loving a, a night game at Loftus Road. It is exactly what you said. It is It is good. A little bit more optimistic than last time you made a prediction on this show, James. So I'm, that's that's a good thing, I guess. Well, but, we weren't we weren't we weren't playing against Super Shelby, were we? So, uh... <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, now we'll move on to you now, Kevin. You've got a, a home game against Wigan Athletic, who have been struggling yep. recently. Haven't really been picking up many wins. Uh, true no. to Burton at the weekend. So I guess you're quite positive about this game. I'm, I'm more positive than I'm usually I'm going to home games because I used to dread going to a home game because you didn't really know what to expect over the 90 minutes. But the last few games have been really, really good. And, um, yeah, I'm fairly optimistic. I mean, looking at the league positions, you've got to think, yeah, it's got to be a home bitch, especially after losing on Saturday. And Janssen's sort of, sort of getting everybody stoked up for it already, saying, no, we've got to come back now and get a win against Wigan. If we can keep Will Griggs, obviously, quiet, he's supposed to be the main focal point in their team, I think we'll be OK. But, uh, yeah, I mean, home games again at Ellen Road are becoming more enjoyable. So, hopefully, that will continue on Tuesday, going into Wolverhampton away on Saturday. And finally, moving on to the Newcastle game, we've got a trip to Oakwell to play Barnsley, who have 
played quite well at the start of the season, got some good results. We're in the top four for quite a long time, but they lost to Fulham at the weekend and a drop is starting starting to happen. So, so I expect us to go there and win. Uh, Adam Armstrong, uh, one of their forwards is our low knee, so he will not be able to play, which is, <laughs> that, that would be very unfortunate if, if he did play and score. That did happen to us before with Luar Luar. So I'm, I'm happy just that, gets that better, happen. doesn't it? It just and, uh, gets better. <laughs> <laughs> they've even given players to other other teams it's amazing <laughs> yeah i know we can just we can just give them away but uh, I, I i think he won goal of the month as well he's, he's making headlines <laughs> that newcastle connection is really doing doing him some good stuff yeah. but no, i think i think we're gonna go there i expect I, we've been very good on the road this season i think we've only conceded one on the road since the first day so that sort of shows how how, how tight we are um I think we're going to go there, win. I, I don't think it's going to be as convincing as the last midweek game against QPR, but um, the last midweek away game. But I think we, we I think we're going to oh, go all there. All right, I'm not. I'm, not, <laughs> I'm so I mean, sorry. Pretty damn beat anyway. That, that, <laughs> that cat is going to get a kick tonight. You can see that. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's going to be that easy. That was a bit too easy. I think Barnsley might put up a bit more of a fight, but nah, I, I think we're probably going to go and score three or four and win quite comfortably. So I'd say a Newcastle win on that one. And with that, we're out of time. We don't want to um, destroy James's confidence anymore. I think he, he's had enough. <laughs> I, I want to stick a fiver on Barnsley now, though. <laughs> oh, that would serve me right for being so arrogant in this, in this podcast but uh, we, we are sadly not out of time uh, just thanks so much for each of you for coming on today if you'd like to tell people where they could reach you or anything you're involved in now would be a good time yeah. so Paul Binning the Exiled Robin on Twitter exiledrobin.blogspot.com uh, James Evans Jim E Evans on Twitter and jimmyevans.blogspot yeah, at uh, Leeds United underscore Mad, uh, Radio Yorkshire as well. Listen DAB online or via TuneIn. I do a programme called Sunday Night Live at 6 o'clock. And Made in Leeds TV, Sky Channel 117, or Leeds, aren't we, every Friday, 7 o'clock. Catch me on there on a few occasions as well. Yeah, you could get my tw- uh, personal Twitter feed at Jake Jackman with two ends. I wrote for EPL Index and The Boot Room Uh which we've started focusing more on championship and the football league in recent weeks. So definitely check that out. There's going to be a lot of good football league content going out on there. And I just want to thank you all for listening today. And uh, I hope you tune in again soon to the championship roundtable. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.